Mr. Feeney? Mr. Feeney? Um, no, you know what? It was kind of good timing, actually, that you got a little delayed. Because my, my suit for our, my, my wedding was just oh, yeah. delivered. <gasps> so I was having a little, little try-on fashion experience for myself uh, fashion during the last 45 show. minutes. And it's wonderful and perfect, and I'm very happy with it. Um, what color is it? It is kind of a, I, I it's... I guess very blue gray, but it's you know what here I'll just I don't know why I'm describing, <laughs> describing it, it when I can literally just send you this link right now and you can just look at the picture of it. Ooh, I like that. Mm -hmm. Very dapper. Yeah, I'm very this happy. olive green, but the picture doesn't look. Yeah, like green. it's not all. It's not real. I don't know why it says that. It's not really olive green. <laughs> so. Well. Are you, you ready have to a talk weird, about Colts? I am ready to talk about Colts. You have a weird helicoptery kind of thing happening when you're talking. It's probably Quinn's washing dishes, so that might be you might hear that, but that's okay. Oh, uh, okay. That's fine. Uh yeah, fine. I'm ready to talk about Colts. <laughs> Great. Who isn't always ready to talk about a Colt? Not me. That's for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, hi, y'all. Welcome Hello. to the Feeny Call. We're here talking about Boy Meets World Season 4, Episode 21, Cult Fiction. A real doozy. Cult Fiction. It's a doozy, indeed. Mm -hmm. It's got a lot of drama in this episode. Mm -hmm. This mm -hmm. is another one that I didn't take. It, both the last two episodes of the season, I didn't really take a lot of notes. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's just a lot of a lot of talking points because oh yeah, lot to talk about. Wow, my fun fact for today is the guy who plays Mr. Mac. His name is Jerry Levine. So he never makes another appearance in front of the camera, but he directed two episodes later on in the last two seasons. Ah. So he does come back. He Interesting. Returns. Yeah. Interesting. But just not like Willie Garson, who's in mm -hmm. three different episodes as three different characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, casual. Mm -hmm. Of things. course. Man, I would have loved if they had revisited this a year from now or something. They come to shut it down or like, I don't know, they're in right? college and one of their friends gets pulled in and Sean goes and like shuts this shit down or something. It would have been a fun way to come back to it. It's honestly amazing to me that it doesn't come back up again because this seems mm -hmm. to be a big deal especially to Feeney who's like mm -hmm. I've been trying to shut this down for years uh -huh. and so it never comes back up again yeah it was never mentioned also before I don't know this feels mm -hmm. like a big thing at least for John Adams students because everyone there looks like they're in high school or college uh-huh and Mr. Mac refers to them as children which I guess you mm -hmm. could do because you know he's a cult leader he can do that right. to adults too They're but they children. look like children yeah 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 Ooh, <laughs> shit. you know what you know what everyone in this episode was missing what premiere HBO style docu-series outlining right? how the cult comes about and mm -hmm. how to say it because you know what no one in this show that tries to help Sean out no one in the show has watched enough cult documentaries to know how to help him out of it no okay <laughs> which like understandable it's nice <laughs> like this is still there haven't very... been enough uh, enough major cult docu-series made in the 90s but now if your friend gets in a cult there's at least three different very well-made documentary series for you to figure out what's going yep. on and how you should maybe help them out of it. <laughs> yep. What's the safest way to get someone out of a cult? I'll tell you what it's uh, not. It's not telling them they're stupid and yelling at them. No. 
No, it's not. It's, it's, I, I don't know. We can, we can talk. We should we'll do get a to recap it. before. We'll get yeah. Who's on? I'm on? It's my turn. No, I think, it's right? me. It's oh, good luck. You got a lot. No, I don't want it. I don't want to do Throw it. it. Too bad. It's yours. Three, two, one. So Sean is getting ready for college and, or getting ready to figure out where he wants to go to college. Turner is saying like, figure your life out. And so this girl comes in and she's like, Hey, I can help you. And I can give you purpose and meaning without any judgment. And so she takes him to this place called the center turns out to be a cult. He's very resistant at first, but then he comes back and realizes that there's an environment without any judgment. And uh, Eric and Corey try to save him. Eric gets swept up. So then Turner gets in a bike accident. He has to go to the hospital and uh, Corey kind of smacks some sense into him <laughs> that was not how the episode ended but <laughs> it's fine i'm sure they've all seen the episode Corey hugs him i that that's a lot less exciting than you know alan almost assaulting mr mac must be effective can, though because he's not in the cult anymore sure but can you blame him no alan's anger is coming out it's apparent but also kick his ass i don't even we care. we do want to see him get his ass kicked we all yep. do so what'd you learn Hmm. <laughs> I am struggling not because there's a lack of something to be learned here. I'm mm -hmm. struggling to synthesize it into a throw pillow. <laughs> uh, that's that's how we have to get to the message of every single episode. Can it go on a throw pillow? Can it fit on a throw pillow? Um, I think the 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 big takeaway here is it is on you to find meaning and support from people and beliefs around you. And it, it is your responsibility to, to separate genuine care and genuine belief from scams really. But you know, there's, there are people that, that take advantage of people left all the time and, and, it is ultimately nobody other than yourself can confirm your beliefs, really. I mean, or affirm, I should say, I guess. Mm -hmm. Other people can confirm your beliefs. Scientists mm -hmm. can confirm your beliefs <laughs> in <laughs> science. Um, but your, your maybe spiritual journey is something that you need to affirm within and ideally surround yourself with people who genuinely care about you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of, I mean, that can't fit on a throw pillow, but that's kind of no. a big takeaway. <laughs> I was just about to say that too. I was about to be like, well, that's not going to fit on a throw pillow. <laughs> that's <is> okay. not. <laughs> Mine doesn't really, I said kind of the same thing, that when you're struggling to find yourself and your place, look inside yourself. Like you said, it's on you to find that within yourself. But then if you're struggling or if you need help, reach out to those who have shown you that they love and care for you. Not just someone who walks up and is like, I can show you the way. And you're like, mm -hmm. eh, you look really creepy to mm -hmm. me. So yeah. yeah, I think that there's, there's value obviously in having a good support system, but you obviously have to figure things out for yourself mm -hmm. in the world yeah. and look within yourself and not be swayed by a cult. Don't let that cult get you. Nope. I mean, it's a, it's a memorable episode. It's one that I think a lot of people reference whenever someone like mentions the show in passing, right? It comes mm -hmm. up, it hits your mind. If for nothing else than the very theatrical monologue at the 
at the end there with Sean and Turner and God that feels overtly like a audition piece for like a college theater program maybe yeah (laughs) it feels like please prepare two contrasting monologues and you've prepared like a neil simon and this um (laughs) just uh, that's all i could think about i know and now i feel bad i feel kind of like i'm shitting on it because like he does a great job he does very good but at the same time i immediately was like oh this is like a 17 year old auditioning for a bfa program yeah who was told that they needed two contrasting monologues and they Mm -hmm. they used this in another you know one time i was in an audition i was directing uh for a play festival i don't know if it was a 10 minute plays or one acts whatever it was i think i was directing 10 minute plays so you know people come in an audition and whatever and they prepare like a 60 second piece and this dude comes in and does a monologue and about halfway through it i'm like holy shit this is that ted monologue from the time traveler episode of how i met your mother (laughs) where where he's talking about like i wish i had those minutes with you or whatever right and he finished and he left the room and there were a bunch of us in there because it was like all of the different participants in the play festival so there were several directors and playwrights were in there and a couple of these like teams were like wow was great that was really good i was like oh fuck you guys <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah that's... that mother like that is a that is a recreation of josh radner's performance in that episode okay like y'all that was not fuck off i was so mad <laughs> uh it's not to say that i'm like you can't use a monologue from a tv show or a movie for a play audition i actually don't really give a shit about that but what you can't do is one take something that is so abundantly popular because this was several years ago and so like it was fairly recent in memory oh sure um, it wasn't like if you did it today where at least it's several years removed it was had recently aired um yeah. and two it was just exactly the way josh radner did it mm-hmm. it was it was a mimicry and performance and so i was like oh guys come on fuck but that's what, how i kind of felt watching this i was like oh this is the kind of thing some kid's gonna take and use in a fucking college theater audition but it's at least it's better now because it's 20 plus years removed and less likely i don't know it, it feels like it's a sure. better choice at least but that is what i could think of watching that monologue let me let me talk about all my like let me shit on the episode for a minute before i before i talk about how good things are <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Listen, there's a there's got to be a healthy balance. Right. It's you got to have some give and take. My other big shit on this episode is how quickly the the progression of him. He's there. He says like, "Oh, it's a yes. cult," and they're like, "Nah, stick around." And then Corey sees him at Chubby's. He's wearing it's the same day. He's wearing the same clothes. Yes. And he is all in. And I'm like, "Oh, that." They it could have been the next day at least. <laughs> Yeah, it's that was the weird thing is they he, he was wearing the same clothes. So I was like, wait a second. Did he just like show up and he was hesitant and then he left for a little while and came back and then just made the decision that this was it? I think it might be the same day. Well, I think Corey says you were there for like an hour or something, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And this is kind of a weird. I mean, I've never been in a cult like situation other than you know growing up in the church but it's very (laughs) bizarre to me how they all what i'm just laughing other than growing up in the church yeah um, uh but it's just very bizarre to me that they all like how 
I, I feel like maybe they really are just super, super lost. But even Sean was like hesitant at first. And he was like, oh, this is this is not something that I am into or whatever. But Sean, as we've seen, can get swept up in something very easily. And I guess all of these other people are the same. But then living there, that's that's a lot for a teenager for me to grab onto is that they all live there at the center. They all. Yeah, but I mean, they're they're looking for wildly specific humans. They have no interest in Corey. Well, they, don't, they have no, they have no interest in somebody with a healthy, healthy family life. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, as Mr. <laughs> Mac even says, it, he's like, there's no shortage of kids like him. And that's true, especially in a big city like that. You know, there's no shortage of kids with garbage family lives yep. um, that are effectively on their own at 14, 15, 16, maybe even younger. And, you know, they, they uh, if, if there, there is plenty of psychology to break down to it from somebody a little more qualified than me, but from my, my armchair psychologist uh, perspective, I can say that, you know, there's this idea that these are a bunch of kids who never received adequate love and support from their parents and have consistently been beaten down and told they're not good enough by, by a myriad of authority figures. And now here is this authority presenting figure who will give them the love their parents never did and tell them that they're good enough. And so whether they want to be push off about it enough in the beginning or not, like Sean is, it's a real short gap to get onto the other side of it. The part that kind of breaks down for me though, is we have Sean has shown us time and time again, that he knows that Corey cares for him. The Matthews care for him, that Feeney even cares for him. And Turner as well. Uh, Turner mm-hmm. doesn't do a very good job of showing it in this episode. But he's shown us this and shown us that he understands this time and time again. And yet he still gets to this point where he's like, no, no one actually supports me. No one knows me. And I'm like, you know that that's not, you've, you've shown us that that's not true. And yeah, but I, don't, I, I see it. Like, it's not a hard reach for me that he, even for every piece of validation he's received, and every time he's learned a lesson, it, he still hasn't ever shed the the part of him that isn't good enough. The, I, I think we we talk about these times that Sean gets you know into these like this is who I am kinds of things all the time. Mm-hmm. And what I think you know the bigger bigger truth is that like a vulnerable young person who has been dealt a rough hand is infinitely more likely to be in these sorts of situations oh, yeah. either by their own mishandling or more likely by some some sense of predatorial actions from someone yeah. else you know this so is... there's the there's the bullies that are like hey you're trash come be trash with us and now mm-hmm. there's mr mac who's obviously a predator probably a rapist i have thoughts on that yeah and uh <laughs> it's the same as what we were talking about last week with the recruitment you know they're mm-hmm. fi- they're trying to find a certain person and take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hate Mr. Mac. He looks like a youth pastor that I had. He does. He, I mean, he looks like a youth pastor in general. Yeah. Um, he probably was a youth pastor prior to whatever particular domination denomination of Christianity saying like, Hey man, you can't keep on touching young girls. We're not going to out you, but you can't mm-hmm. keep working here. And so he made his own little cult where he could do it himself because here's the thing. Mr. Mac is a rapist. There's In no this essay, I will let you know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for uh, coming to my TED Talk. 
Yes. Okay. What's behind the star door? Mr. Max weird rape room. All right. That's mm-hmm. what's behind the star door. Okay. You cannot convince me yep. that this cult is anything other than a pedophilic sex ring where Mr. Mac is taking advantage of young girls and boys and probably boys too. But my, my thought is that he's probably more enabling boys to, to participate as the ringleader types support i don't know i don't know he's a rapist he's definitively sexually raping uh sexually assaulting everyone in this yeah. oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> there's no way you can give, convince me otherwise no. he's also obviously robbing them of their money because i think the idea is that they're supposed to pay to live in this place yeah um so well, so he's robbing and raping and, and this guy kind of needs to fucking burn in hell i was kind of wondering that as well because a lot of times in a cult obviously there's a lot of money involved yeah a lot of cult leaders are like multi-millionaires whatever but those are usually adults who are in these cults or like family whole families who are in these cults this these are all teenagers like how are they paying for this how are they if if he is making money like a cult leader is usually making money how where from where their parents my thought is that they probably just take a bunch of money from their parents when they run away give it all to him and then he probably encourages them to go and get part-time jobs and says like hey give me all the money you earn in your part-time job and you can live here yeah because they're all they're they can all get a job of course yeah you know it feels very i mean they can leave and like go to school and stuff it feels i feel like that's the most that's the scariest part of all of this is they can go live seemingly normal lives going well, to that's school, how they get that's how they jobs. recruit people in <laughs> well yeah but sometimes when you hear of like a stereotypical cult they they don't leave their like calm. yeah well the 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 seclusion and the isolation le- yes. lends itself to the further buy-in and brainwashing exactly um, this episode it you know it 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 hits a lot of points, but then it's like it's not going to go the the full the the whole distance to say like oh yeah, and also he's definitely sexually assaulting teenagers here. Yep. But you know between the, the the hugs and the the unconditional love and brainwashing and the adoration that these girls heap upon Mister Mac. That's the other thing too. We don't hear a single boy in this cult talk. No. Other than Mister Mac, we only hear from the girls who are clearly you know, in some sort of Stockholm yeah. <laughs> um, syndrome with them. But they, but he knows, you know, he knows what he's doing. Sure. He, he knows who he's after. He, he doesn't want Eric around. He doesn't want Corey, <laughs> you know, even in the, and the kids know too, like they don't make an effort to recruit Corey. Oh, Eric's involvement is just, it is good comedy. Good. <laughs> it is the only comedy in the episode. It's the comedy we need. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There was a moment where they're in the hospital and Mr. Max says, oh, he's like, I can sense there's some anger here. And there was like laughter mm-hmm. in the background. And I was like, this does not feel like an appropriate time to place the laugh track. <laughs> Why is that there? This well, not- laugh, it's oh. it's to disguise your, what do they say? It's to, it's a mask and disguise oh, your yeah. feeling of nervousness. That's nervousness. what it really is. That's Which fair. you know what I thought was funny is she says that. And then as soon as Sean says, oh, it's a cult, they all laugh. Did you notice that? Everyone laughs after Sean says it's a cult. And like two minutes ago, he had been told that laughter's a mask and that it hides your nervousness and whatever. And I'm like, oh, so y'all know. Because if you believe in your laughter's a mask shit, 
then you just mask up to say, no, not a cult. No one ever says it's not a cult, also, except it's Sean. True. Yes. <laughs> when he says it's not a cult, no, you know, no one ever says to Sean, like, no, we're not a cult. Mr. Max just like, hey, you say it's a cult. Why don't you stick around and find out? Like, he's not sure. like, no, it's not a cult. He like he basically invites him to like, yeah, why don't you join it? Yeah, find <laughs> out, know? yeah, find out what it's about. It's true. Hang also, out for Sean it. Gets Get involved. Corey didn't say anything, and Sean gets incredibly defensive, which is kind of further proving the point. Right. If you have to get <laughs> emotionally defensive to support something you're doing in with, without being adequately provoked, you know, because Corey does not adequately question or provoke Sean to the level of defensiveness. Like, if the proportions are so out of sync there, then your mm-hmm. defensiveness is kind of indicating that you know that something is wrong. Yes. Um, you know, you you know that like if you were really fully supportive then you're of the thing, then your response would be proportional. Yes. And even the way that he delivers the line too. It's it would mm-hmm. be way different if he was like, Well, it's not a cult. But he's like, It's not a cult. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, okay, relax. Mm-hmm. Let's just have a conversation about this. Yeah, yeah. But he gets very upset. It's okay. Another thing that kind of bothers me is that at no point in time does he actually state they keep talking about beliefs and like the spirituality of it all and whatever, which is fine, but it's never specified what, what even they believe. Like what, what is the belief system of this cult? What does Sean now believe? What did he believe before? It's never specified, but Sean is very like, well, I know what I believe in whatever. And it's like, okay, but what, what is that? What do you Mm. believe? What are, what are they trying to instill in you? I just yeah, don't. they don't make it. I mean, I, I guess the idea, if I'm to interpret from like the clues around the room, it's this idea that like, I don't know, you know, the, there's all these adjectives hung up on the wall about like empathy and centeredness and shit, blah, blah, blah. And But it is it is interesting that it's pretty nonspecific. Yeah. I also think it's interesting that the the argument to be made is like believe in God or believe in the cult. I don't know. I guess the broader argument is like believe in something. Believe in um, something. Pick something. Pick something, it. maybe. I don't know. This it's episode this episode is interesting to me in that like there's really very little religion in this entire series. It's fair to assume that the Matthews are an average Protestant family in America <laughs> and who, who go to church on Christmas and Easter. It, yeah, it's definitely fair to assume that, especially because later when Joshua is born they're in the hospital and when he's struggling they're like all we can do is pray like let's Mm -hmm. pray and whatever they talk about prayer and also in this moment obviously Sean is reaching out I think we have like one or two other moments in the series where they're reaching out to God specifically and so it's yeah I think it's very fair to assume that they are mildly religious not diehards or anything like that but mildly Definitely Christmas, Easter, maybe once or twice if grandma comes to town or something. I have a question for you. Yes. Something that I think could put us in a little hot debate, maybe. Ooh. You, in many ways, are still a Christian, right? Uh, sure. (laughs) (laughs) I can give perspective from, like, I can give a Christian perspective. Okay. All right. That's what you're asking. Sure. Tell Tell me, in your opinion, why is Christianity not a cult? Actually, I was just talking to Quinn about this last night. The reason I think that Christianity is not, could not necessarily be classified as a cult is mostly because 
in a traditional sense, when you think about a cult, you are secluded from the rest of the world. You don't have that freedom to go about your day. You're in this compound or in this commune. All of your money usually goes to a cult, whereas uh, the church, usually you only give, I don't know, 5 10% of your paycheck, which is still, it can be a lot of money, but typically it's not that much. What else? Oh, also, when you leave the church, usually you'll have one or two people reach out to you and be like, why are you leaving? Whatever. But my transition leaving the church was fairly smooth. And I did have some people ask me why I decided to leave or like why I'm not going to church anymore or whatever. But it was never like it was never as serious as like if you hear about people leaving Scientology or you hear about people leaving the Mormon church, it's like, oh, well, we're going to go, you know, hunt your family down and you'll never see them again. And it's like, it's not like that at all. It's, it has cultish vibes, but it's way more dulled down. It's like a watered down version of that. Interesting. My, so I, this is a question I've considered before, uh, sure. but I was curious to hear your opinion on it. Mm-hmm. Um, my my answer as to why Christianity is not a cult is actually, I think, a little bit simpler than than several of your reasons. Um, mm-hmm. and, and not to say that yours are wrong, just different. What mm-hmm. I think the the major difference is that cults have a singular leader who is yeah, a person, who is an a, yes, person. a a physical person currently running the thing. Yes. <laughs> um to which cult members are beholden yeah whereas now i guess that's absolutely true the the chief difference being that as a christian you are beholden to an entity um being being god or jesus Mm -hmm. or however you want to break it down um so which is what i've kind of then rolled it back in my mind to be like well once upon a time christianity was a cult Mm -hmm. of jesus christ sure um in that in that at its origins it was a cult (laughs) yeah um the discipleship and and all of that sure and so that's what i think like a big difference between a cult and religion is it has to Mm -hmm. do with like who is the figurehead yeah absolutely Um, and are they are they in fact a currently living person who is benefiting from your membership and involvement or are they a figure a non-existent figure a deity and i shouldn't say non-existent uh a a no longer (laughs) living figure or deity or or whatever it may be so i think it has a lot to do with leadership that really separates cults and religion another thing is a lot of as far as christianity goes there's so many different sects of it that you can kind of put this giant umbrella over it, but mm-hmm. you're free to explore all of the different, like I could go to a Baptist church one week and I could go to a Methodist church one week, or I could go to a non-denominational church. And they are all, again, the figurehead is God or the Holy Trinity as opposed to that pastor. So yeah, I think that some churches can be very cultish and they are like, I'm sure the Westboro Baptist church is just like, our pastor is the prophet and he is like, I'm sure Mm -hmm. there, there are some crazy Christian people out there, but I would say, yeah, the things that I was saying. And then also, especially what you were saying about the figurehead being more of a, uh, the, an entity instead of an actual person. Cause you're not, I mean, even Christianity, they say, if someone comes to earth and says, I'm Jesus, I am blah, blah, blah. 
don't follow them. That's a mm-hmm. bad sign. Christianity even warns you about cultishness. Mm-hmm. So they're like, yeah, surround yourself with other people who keep you grounded, but also keep your eyes on God. But sure. you still need to be in the world and be participating in life. The most frustrating part about that a lot of people have with Christianity, and I had this too when I was in high school, is you'll you'll approach some Christians and and they'll say, well, I don't know, you just believe, like just blindly, like you mm-hmm. just, it's, you know, it's similar to the song in Book of Mormon where he's going on all these ridiculous t- tangents and you're like, yeah. how can anyone believe all of that? But there are those few who will say, don't just believe, go find the truth and find the answers and... And they're still, I mean, they're still Christians. It, and, and I had, I, again, I was very fortunate to have a few people like that in my life where they were like, go find the truth, go find what is real mm-hmm. to you. And they believe that if you go searching for the truth, it will lead you back to Christianity because they believe that that is the absolute truth. And I would almost rather be surrounded by a bunch of people who are like, go figure it out for yourself right. than people who are like, just blindly believe. Who was mm-hmm. your MVP? Yeah, I thought about this actually, and I'm 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 struggling with it still. Okay. I part of me wants to give it to Corey. Okay. Fair. For for like knocking the sense into Sean at the end. Sure. Right? And then part of me wants to give it for Feeney, if for nothing else than when Sean says that to judgment and he says, You're damn right it is. Yeah. <laughs> um and then part of me wants to give it to Alan for throwing Mr. Mac against a wall. Yep. I can eliminate Alan from it because it, it, it's not, you know, that's, that's just like a personal. Yeah. Um, and so I guess I'm a little torn about, about Corey and Feeney here. And I think ultimately it's Corey. Sure. But I did kind of want to give it to Feeney, <laughs> but I'm going to give it to Corey because I... of that scene in the room where yeah. he shakes Sean and says, this is a hug, which is a very, it's a very aggressive hug, but it gets the point across. Well, and I, <laughs> I think Corey is getting to that point where he, his blood is just boiling and he's like, this is ridiculous. You are being an yeah. ass. Just give me a hug. Be a normal person. Like you are so, he's just, he's beyond sympathy at that point, And he's really just trying to get sense through to him. Yeah, but I actually am giving my MVP to Alan. And the reason is because I think Alan opened the door for Sean to be receptive to what Corey had to say. Mm-hmm. Because Corey can, Corey already tried to come to the center. He already had this other conversation with him in Chubby's where he's like, okay, well, uh, this is not a good idea. Sean's not listening at this point to anything that Corey has to say. But when Alan shoves Mr. Mac against a wall and is like, I would kill for this kid. That's mm-hmm. the first time I feel like it sinks in for Sean that it's like, oh, there are people who really care about me outside of the center or people who care about me in my real life. Mm-hmm. And so I think that kind of opened the doorway for Corey's little monologue about the hug sure. to really sink in. So I'm yeah. giving it to Alan. Reasonable. All right. Good. Also because he shoves Mr. Mac against the wall. And sure. Man, do I wish he had punched him. But oh, Amy was right. So she was She's right. She's right. Very right that he was yeah. all he's wanted is a lawsuit. So, yeah. Oh, <sighs> a heavy hitter. <laughs> a heavy hitter. Yeah. Big sigh, right? Mm-hmm. And it's then Turner, and then, then, then we don't see him again. And then we don't see him again. He <laughs> but they let us know lives. he's not dead. Yeah. And he comes back in Girl Meets World. He so does. We know he's not dead. But they left yeah. it. They left it open for too long. Yeah, right? they left it open <laughs> for like a whole season. We're not going to mm-hmm. get a mention of Turner until the end of next season. So it's uh-huh. a little bit of a, it's a little bit of a stretch. I wonder how yeah. the audience reacted in real time. Like, 
seeing the episode after this where Turner is not mentioned at all, I wonder if people were like, well, what, what the fuck? Like, that's what I, listen, yeah, I mean, I never watched this as it aired, but if I had seen, if I had seen this episode and then they aired the next one and then it was like a hiatus for season break, you know, on a, on a season break, I'd be like, what the fuck? And then we come back and there's nothing else. And like, no talk of it for episodes and episodes. It would constantly be on my mind. Yes. (laughs) Every new episode, I would be like, what the fuck? And with a secondary character like Frankie and Joey who come in and out so frequently, like I'm sure not I'm not worried about, about where they are. But this but man Turner, was in a bike accident, yeah. and then they don't tell us. And he was also such a strong part of Sean's life for so uh-huh. long that it's it's ir- it's irresponsible. It is, it is irresponsible, irresponsible that they don't wrap this up sooner. Yeah. Yes, correct. And I know they're going to give us the Minkus. Hey, Mister yeah, Turner, over phone. there. <laughs> it needed to be wrapped up sooner. Yeah, all right, that's I'm all I have. That he came back for Girlman's World because it yeah, made a nice. nice little made a nice little cameo. But yeah, that's all I have too. Ducky, do you have okay. something to say? Okay, I know he's grumble grumbling. So we'll let me see if he'll get quiet for a sign off. Hey, we're on social media, by the way. We're on Instagram, sure, Facebook, sure, sure, and Twitter at Feeny Call. So check us out. Leave us a voicemail. Send us an email. Feeny Call Podcast at Gmail. We are there. Ducky's there. Ducky's there. He's not, but he is. He's there in spirit. Yeah. And as always. Class dismissed.